You're listening to Who Are You, the podcast where we interview people you've never heard of. I'm John Tyler. And I'm Ian Fox. And Ian, there's a third person here with us today. Who are you? Well, uh, I am Chris Tara. <laughs> wow, Chris, uh, you are the first repeat guest we've had on the show. Oh. Um, now, it, it did come to my attention after the last time we had you on that uh, some of the information on that episode was not entirely factually accurate. So we decided to have you back and uh, really get to know the real you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, typically on this show, uh, when I, and I say that, uh, when I, what I mean when I say typically is that we did it once and I really liked it and I think we should do it every time, is uh, we start this, this show by asking our guest, uh, is there anything sort of exciting that's happened in your life recently? Oh boy. All right. Um, well, I mean, I guess the most exciting thing has probably been like going, um, to work in the Virgin Islands for like hurricane relief stuff. Um, it wasn't really actually too much of like us, like physically, you know, helping downtrodden citizens. It was more just like, Hey, people got boats that got all kinds of mess, whatever body water they're in, and uh, decide if the people want to keep the boats, or if we should just give them to the local <laughs> government and be like, all right, we're going to trash these boats. Now, so. when you say decide if the people, do you mean the people who have who have removed the damaged boats? So, like, you would go and take a boat, and then you would just keep it for yourself. Yep. Uh, uh, Chris, are you sure that you didn't join in on a, because you said it was hurricane relief, could it have perhaps have been some sort of organized looting operation? <laughs> well, I did find it weird that they had us wear ski masks the entire time. <laughs> no, Chris, Chris, this is exactly why we had you back. It was to reduce the lies. It is true. So get, to, the, get to the truth. The right, Bartucci's lawyers, they were very clear. <laughs> they were no more of this nonsense. Well, to be fair, this isn't actually slander against uh, Bertucci's. This is just, uh, well, I mean, I guess it's probably bigger. It's, it's against um, my company and... Uh, uh, the Virgin Islands, so it's actually a much larger. <laughs> I mean, so when I think constraint. of the Virgin Islands, I do think mostly just of like various tax nonsense. Is that's what they do, right? Like their their primary purpose is to facilitate like various convoluted um, sort of tax sheltering programs. I think. I mean, sure. Yeah. If if if, <laughs> if they are, that I mean, seems like a a topic we're all very well versed in. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying it's a. Anyway, that's that's besides the point, Chris. Why why were you a trained geologist, um, the best man for this boat repair job? <laughs> <laughs> I I think it was it wasn't boat it was like boat digging or it was, digging? It was boat rem- oh, So all right, um, so we were hired by. So we're a part of this contract under the EPA. Um, mm-hmm. Technically, there was another company uh, between them and us. So it was like EPA hired this other company who needed some additional people, and they hired our company. Um, so we're working with the EPA, who is this part of the project is working in partnership with the Coast Guard um, okay. to identify, tag, and monitor uh, vessels that had been damaged during the hurricanes last August, September. Um, and so I went out there 
with a couple of members of the Coast Guard. I was basically there as like a note keeper to take pictures, um, you know, complete these forms that we submitted to this like online database to kind of log and track everything. And then, uh, once we like, it's basically a process where as soon as we, so we first identified the vessels, we tried to get owner information, you know, find out reg- uh, registration numbers and all that, contact the owners, give them, I think it was like 90 days to, um, say whether or not they wanted to, uh, retain ownership of the vessel and either A, bring in a private, um, company to lift it and repair it, or if they wanted the Coast Guard working with the local government to take care of it, and then they'll grab it afterwards, um, or just be like, you know what, it's too far gone, fuck all the shit. So, yeah, they just did that. After the 90 days, we went back with um, this like naval retrieval group, and basically employed several methods. So it's like, rise them out of the water, pump them out, and you just be like, all right, here's yours. Or bring them to a staging area just to be like, all right, well, we'll see. <laughs> so. Okay. What was the best boat that you saved? <laughs> <laughs> were there like uh, any big like pleasure yachts or anything? Or were, were these mostly sort of... Fishing boats and, and boats of commerce. Well, um, any, I guess the thing is any kind of like really high end, like pleasure yacht or, um, sorry, pleasure yacht is just really getting me. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a yacht for pleasure, Chris, not a yacht for business. He's <laughs> <laughs> right. Are you going to this job for pleasure or for business? Well, it's like, cause you know, there's all these, there's all these big highfalutin corporations and, um, a, a little known fact about most companies, including like you know Google, Amazon, Facebook, um, all of their headquarters are actually technically yachts. Mm, and the reason they do this is so that they can be parked in international waters, um, <laughs> and then they're their own governments, so oh. they can engage in their shady deals without uh, without well, here's thing, John, big brother the, the, watching. They're not shady. They're not shady because it's all legal. They are their own nations. Um, yeah, so I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a business. A pleasure yacht's just a yacht owned by a rich asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I guess the main thing is, like, any really high-end yacht, um, or just boat in general, probably had enough, um, you know, the owner probably had enough means and to at least, like, hire a few people to make sure that it was, like, strapped down as much as possible. Um, or moved into a shipyard that, like, had some more, um, I guess, cover, or at least more people that they could then hire to take care of the boat or whatnot. Um, there was... I never understood. I, I never understood. Maybe you can help enlighten me on this, Chris. Mm. So, I, so for, like, freak storms and accidents and whatever, it sort of makes sense, but... And my understanding of most of these big hurricanes is there's some amount of heads up, right? There's, like, people sort of have a, an idea of, like, oh, there's a big storm heading this way. <clears throat> It'll be here in, like, you know, a couple of days. Why don't all the boats just sail away? 
presumably because you need to have someone on the boat to sail it away. Well, but and also <laughs> not all boats are like really capable of long distance travel. Well, they all yeah. float though, right? You can just well, like. Uh... <laughs> well, Ian, one thing I see, I I hear you, and <laughs> I honestly wasn't too uh, too sure about stuff like that until I got down there. And there's a big distinction between like boats that can just like you know make their way around an inlet and boats that can actually travel on the ocean because the oh. ocean sucks turns out and if you have a small boat heading on the ocean you're gonna get fucked well here's the thing though Chris it's all the it doesn't matter how deep it is right like no. the boat floats that's <laughs> 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 survive like you know banging up against a couple of rocks right but if uh, i'm a little tiny boat you know i'm just gonna get wrecked so i would think the small boats they want to be in the middle of the ocean only they would they wouldn't want to go to ports yeah, and no uh, scientists have ever been able to explain to me why that is oh <laughs> well Ian, i i think you've answered your own questions um I've certainly raised a lot of questions, um, and I'm not sure anybody could that's, answer them. That's, that's up for debate. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so, you know, first off, this seems like a great experience um, for your college application essay. <laughs> now, like, what were the accommodations like? Did, when they brought you over, did you, like, get to stay in some sort of nice hotel or something, or? So, it was super weird because we took, um... Uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, oh, what's the fucking emergency response federal organization? Um, FEMA. FEMA? Uh, we took the FEMA trainings before we were all allowed to go down, um, just so we could know, like, what the hierarchy was, and, um, I mean, it was pretty much that. It was pretty much like, hey, listen, here's how the hierarchy goes, don't fuck it up. Um. (laughs) The hierarchy isn't, like, the, the order of command. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, they prepared us. It's like, all right, listen, you know, you're going down into, um, you're going down to an emergency area. Like, they're, you know, probably be missing a lot of vital utilities. Uh, resources are definitely going to be at an all time low. Um, you almost definitely will not be like staying in any kind of fancy accommodation with like, you know, uh, with, you know, Supplyable uh, electricity and clean water and etc. Like you're gonna be losing a lot of like luxuries going down here, and you know you're depending on the place. You might be like in a large like um just a large FEMA tent where it's just like here's all of our uh, volunteers and response workers. We're just gonna like throw you all into cots underneath this tent. We'll have generators and you know space heaters for, like, places that are, like, more, you know, colder. But, um, for the most part, this is going to be, like, you know, a large camping event. Hmm. 
It'll it'll be like Fire Festival. Yeah, it'll be exactly like Fire Festival. Where you Very go, topical reference. You go to this island with where where a lot of rich people go, um, but everyone just feels like shit afterwards. Um, Excellent, because okay. it's great. Gotcha. Yeah, but um, so we were all prepared to go down there and just like have all you know. It's like basically you know be without a lot of the resources that we take for granted day to day. Um, and I think the first wave of people from my company that went down there definitely found a lot more of that, although they still got put up in actual hotels. Oh, wow. Um, it's just like there definitely was a lot less electricity, um, a lot less clean, clean water. Um, I think, Were they uh, doing one of those things where it's like uh, they're trying to save water, so... If you want them to change the towels daily, you have to, like, put out the little card. Okay, so, no, but, like, when I went down to St. Thomas in January, yes. Um, really? <laughs> so, like, I mean, they just kind of asked, like, hey, you know, put this out if you're, like, if you're fine with, uh... Oh, no, no, wait, no. Or am I thinking of when I went to Rhode Island? No, that might, <laughs> that might have been a different work trip. Okay, never mind. I- uh, <laughs> now here's actually so John you're someone who's an expert in Rhode Island I want to make one brief detour okay I don't know if I'm an expert <laughs> well right. John you've lived there for 30 years that's, that's false <laughs> well, there's a lot of false about that statement um, why is it called Island uh, I think it was just named after the Isle of Rhodes uh, there's there's definitely a, a lot of water. There's a, a big old bay. Uh, there's a lot of peninsulas, uh, and there are a lot of islands. Um, but just, it seems a little... But as a whole, it is not an island. Yeah, it seems a little odd for a state to call itself an island. <laughs> well, yeah, we have, that's, that's fair. And we do have, here's the thing, we do have a state which is an island. <laughs> and they islands. are not called Hawaii Island. <laughs> so I just think it's a little presumptuous. <laughs> I apologize uh, well, for Hawaii is actually a series of islands. Oh, fuck yeah. you, right? You're right. So it should yeah. be Hawaii Islands. Yeah. The Hawaii Isles. Oh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> also, what's the Isle of Rhodes? Uh, it's a Greek island. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why are they naming themselves That's after where that, the John? Colossus of Rhodes was. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. That's all I know about it. But it's spelled differently, not... right? Um, no, isn't Rhode uh, spelled R H O D E? Yeah, yeah, like Rhode Island. Like Rhode Island is. Is that how you spell Rhode Island? Ian, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I think you spelled Rhode Island. I thought it was like R O H or something. No, it's R H O. No, you're right about it. yeah. Oh, jeez. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's a place called Rhodesia. Y- yeah, yes. Do you hear this? You can't give me shit for not knowing about Rhodesia, guys. It's in Africa. Southern Africa, that. I I don't know much about it. I've heard of it. Yeah. Well, aren't you fancy pants? I, I I mean to be fair, I did also know how Rhode Island was spelled. So yeah, you yeah. look at you guys displaying all your privilege, all your geography privilege. <laughs> oh no! 
No. Uh, well, uh, yeah, Chris is the geography pro. No, that is. is. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we started talking about Rhodesia, I'm like, shit, no, we're going to get into maps. We're going to get into geography. <laughs> Yeah, if there's one thing that's going to carry over from last episode, it's this one. No, no, yep. we're not going to we're not going to go there because that's that's easy. That's sort of low hanging fruit. And <laughs> this podcast, we only talk about the sort of the deep cuts. We're here uh, to delve deep into things that people didn't know. So, so when you were assigned this job, Chris, yeah, I mean, were you assigned or was it a volunteer thing? Was it like you know all able bodied people? You know, you can you can sign up for this. You, you know, you might lose your life. Um, but it's the sacrifice for the greater good of, of our, of our great country. So, um, it, it, it was, you did volunteer to go out for it. Um, okay. at no point, like they definitely put a heavy emphasis on it. Um, where, especially like we, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially like, um, if you had already gone down once and said you had a good experience, like. The guy from our company that was kind of like the in-between guy between our company and the company we're technically working for, who, yeah, that whole chain thing, um, he would keep, you know, sending like, oh, yeah, like, we're, you know, he would send a e- uh, frequent emails being like, hey, we are looking pretty light on Sovereign's involvement in um, the VI for, like, these dates, if anyone is able to do it, like, we greatly appreciate it. Um, and my office manager would frequently, uh, just kind of be like, oh yeah, like, you know, send an email out to all the field stuff. Like, Hey, yeah. So he's looking for all these dates. Um, can anyone do them? And I'd be like, yeah, I, I probably could. I kind of want to like take my schedule. He's like, oh no. Okay. So I'll put you down for that one then. And I was like, oh God. Okay. Well, <laughs> here we are then. Um, but no, I mean like at any point you could just be like, yeah, no, I don't really want to go back. Um. For you know whatever reason, and they'll they'll be cool about it. Mm-hmm. Are th- is this a a situation where you are serving as like a government contractor through your uh, your organization, or is the company like volunteering people? Um. So as soon as we, as soon as, as like, I guess as soon as we confirm our dates of availability, um. We are basically considered an EPA contractor, mm-hmm. um, because technically, you know, the EPA has contracted this company, uh, Weston Solutions, who um, contracted us or subcontracted subcontracted us um, for additional people. So it's like we are considered government employees, um, and I think some people got shirts. I didn't get shirt. I didn't get a shirt. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry you didn't get that shirt. <laughs> must be a real bummer for you. Man, I just, like, I just pushed it out of my memory, and now I have to relive it. Did you, I mean, <clears throat> while you were down there, were you just telling everyone you saw, like, what a a rough time you were having not getting yeah. a shirt? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I would go up to um, any one of the local bars and just sit down, and I would look one of the, you know, Native Islanders in the eye and be like... Working for EPA and didn't even get a shirt. Didn't even get a shirt. Oh man, you must have gotten a lot of sympathy. You must have gotten very sunburned nipples. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to butt in here for a little bit of a for a little bit of a detour because um, I was just looking at a Wikipedia article and you guys were talking hot shit about knowing about Rhodesia. 
Do you know, it, it, it's not even a country. It doesn't exist. It's Zimbabwe now. And it was, in fact, I think, never a recognized country. I still heard of it. Yeah. Well. I didn't know any of that, but I, I've, I've heard of it. I've heard the name. That's all I've got. Well, it's Zimbabwe, guys. It's no Rhodesia. Also, it was uh, <laughs> named after um, Cecil Rhodes, a British businessman. Uh, and so that, that's its colonial name. Uh, and so you guys are actually, you're being oppressive no. by knowing that name. <laughs> okay. Okay, just wanted to bring that up. Uh, uh, well, no, 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 I feel bad. Well, oh, boy. So how was your, like, um, how was the work there in the Virgin Isles? Was it sort of, like, physically demanding, mentally exhausting, pretty reasonable? Um, so in... So my first trip down there was to St. Croix. Um, that was at the end of October. And that one was... That tour was a, just so easy. Um, mostly because I'd gone down there when we were in kind of a transition point from the kind of initial, just like, mad dash or tagging every damaged vessel that we could find... Um, and stick a tag on, and then the post phase, I guess, of actually lifting them and getting the vessels out of there. So I like got down right in between parts. It's like, oh yeah, like you you're basically going to go around with the coasties and just like uh keep checking in on all these vessels that we've been tagging, making sure they're still afloat. (laughs) Um. Until we start getting authorization, you know, the uh, uh, authorization to proceed and, you know, actually start lifting them. I'm like, okay, cool. So it was just like two weeks of pretty much office work and driving around with uh, two Coast Guard people and um, one of the officers from the Department of... Uh, Public and Natural Resources, um, who pretty much... DPNR. Yeah, who pretty much got, a. they pretty much got promoted to basically be, like, on the same level as police officers after, um, the hurricanes, if I'm remembering that correctly, where, um, they were armed while in the state of emergency, uh, you get to kind of, like, provide additional support, and, um... I think, I don't know, I forget, I don't, I don't know a lot of the specifics about it, but they they were pretty much treated as police officers at the time. Um, so we'd pretty much drive in, like, one of their Jeeps with some Coast Guard guys, and we'd pretty much just, like, either drive around on, the, on like, lakes or on the side of the coast, or we'd take their, um... Wow. Or we'd take their, uh... <laughs> What was that? <laughs> oh, wait, hello. Sorry. What? What are you doing? No, my Who roommate. Are you talking to? Uh, my roommate got home, and one oh, of our okay. friends that I haven't seen in a long time. Um, oh, no. As you podcast in your living room, unbelievable. I know. Chris. I am so absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And actually, Chris, so I'm uh, looking. Would, would your? Actually, never mind. I was going to ask if your roommate or friend wanted to uh, be interviewed briefly, <laughs> but I don't know if I really want to do that. I think it's going to be a mess because they don't have headphones and everything. So yeah. So I'm looking at the U.S. Virgin Isle um, Islands, and I guess it's a pretty small place. 
Yeah. It's like, what, maybe 10 miles across? Three miles high, four miles high? Are you looking at, which island are you looking at? Oh, there's multiple, so I, I only see the one. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you laughed, John, you laughed. There's the U.S. Virgin Islands, right? And there's the uh-huh. British Vir- uh, Virgin Islands. And I don't know which is which. I don't know which right. of these Virgin Islands but belong like, to yeah, the but U.S. And there, which there's one? an S there. Yes, what? thank you, John. It's, it's plural. It's, it's plural. It's the Islands. U.S. Virgin Islands. Well, you know what, John? There's a tiny, there's, there's the Buck Island Reef National Monument on Buck Island. That could be the other island. We don't know, I, I, I don't know if there's two islands or two hundred. All I'm saying is you look at the map, you look at the map, there's U.S. Virgin Islands. It's over a tiny little island. Right off, um, over to the left is Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. Okay. Where do the Puerto Rican Islands end and the U.S. Virgin Islands begin? It's unclear. I'm actually, so now I'm scrolling down a little bit and there are a lot of islands. Um, like is, is, is Guadalupe a Virgin Island or? No. So the U.S. Virgin Islands are St. Croix, uh, St. Thomas and St. John, which, um, St. John houses, I believe a, uh, uh, wildlife refuge, um, or it's like a national forest okay, on like on. the majority of the island. So I'm figuring this out. I'm on Google Maps right now. It's actually, it's proving very unhelpful for this. So I think I'm seeing the island St. Croix. That's the one that, like, U.S. Virgin Islands is over. Okay, yeah, that's one of them. If I go up to the north, are these two big guys the other two you were talking about? Yeah, St. Thomas is the largest of the three. Um, and St. John is basically right next to St. Thomas. So, yeah, it should be... Um, I don't know, it looks like, looks like St. Croix is bigger. Um, well, I think in or terms maybe of like, I looked at the wrong islands, but I think in terms of overall uh, square footage, I think St. Thomas beats out St. Croix. I don't buy it. I'm looking at these guys. It doesn't. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, say, look at look at the map, guys. Look at the John. Right. You look at the map and you tell me St. Thomas is bigger. I'm I'm not gonna look at the map. You're not gonna look at the map. I I don't feel like this is really (laughs) riveting podcasting. (laughs) I'm just saying, John. I don't think most of our listeners would have a a good understanding of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, certainly not. I don't either. Um, I I'm not great at geography. I'll I'm perfectly willing to admit that. Uh Uh, but I I did know that. Uh, when there's an S at the end of the word in English, it typically well, John, denotes multiple. John, there can be multiple islands, right? There can be multiple bodies of land without there being multiple distinct islands in terms of, you know, sort of culture or public services or infrastructure, right? Like you can have, you know, like you look at, you look at some place like, I don't know, Puerto Rico, right? Puerto Rico, there's multiple islands which compose Puerto Rico. But it's not consider. You wouldn't consider it to be a colony of islands, right? You'd consider it to be a single island. The, the right. distinct, the distinct bodies of land oh, shit, does yeah. not determine the the sort of distinction here. I think. No, so yeah. I think I was, you were talking about a specific land mass. Well, I'll saying, no, here's the thing, John. Here's the thing. You go to Google Maps. Island that composes the entirety of these islands is this size. So, John, you go you go to Google Maps, right? You go to Google yeah, Maps. No, no, <laughs> I'm not going to Google Maps right now on this audio program. No, but Ian, uh, what I'm saying Ian, is, Ian, I think you are right, though. I think, um, yeah, I I always thought St. Thomas was the largest one, um, but I think it's just the most popular one. I think, now, yeah, St. Croix is the largest. Here's my question. 
here's my question to you, Chris. What's up? If I was to denote a series of islands in Google Maps, on uh-huh. any mapping system, would I put the name of the island over one of the islands only, or would I put it sort of in the general center of the island cluster? Okay, so... Ian, here's... Sometimes you look at U.S. Virgin Islands. It's right there over... Ian, I am not looking at it. This is an audio program. (laughs) Okay, so you have U.S. Virgin Islands over St. Croix. (laughs) And then... No! And you've got the British Virgin Islands. Now, Ian, are you seeing that that line between... All right, so you go north of of St. Croix, and you have Mm St. Thomas and St. John. Then you have a line that separates St. John from the British Virgin Islands, and it says Virgin Islands all over the line. And I think, all right, that's a weird way to put it, but... Now, now, Chris, I see where you're coming from, but how was I to know that's a geographical line and not a, not a you know, Great Wall of China? Not a literal line? <laughs> Where are the British Virgin Islands to keep out the... the um, Sort of the Mongols, but the Sea Mongols have built a large <laughs> sea wall, which is visible from space. <laughs> uh, John's very mad right now. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> He's fuming. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh. <sighs> no, so I mean, we're, 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 we're doing a, uh, Kind of like a live simulcast for this too, right? I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, we're, seeing, <laughs> we're sharing our individual screens. Audio program. Oh, oh uh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, so I'd <laughs> recommend what the everybody go. Is now. <laughs> so what was the so so what you do in your off time in the in the Virgin Islands? Um, drink a shit ton. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the bars were still very much open, and um, rum there. Costs as much as like a six pack of soda here. Oh wow! Like you could get like cru- like Cruisin rum, um, which is actually available up here and is quite good. Uh, you could get a handle of just about any one of their flavors or their originals um, for about like seven or eight bucks. Holy shit! And like Cruisin isn't like it, it, this isn't like the fucking like you know. Uh, Lower like shelf, Kraken. like Lady Bly or whatever, rum. Like, yeah, that's cheaper than Rubinoff, which is right. very bad. Right? And it's actually Rubinoff good is rum. basically rubbing alcohol. It's vodka. It's vodka that we all drank a lot in college. It's a quality product. A quality product made by professionals. <laughs> it's a quality product <laughs> only if it's the pink lemonade flavor. It's true. <laughs> so true. So true. Uh, pink lemonade is the best. Yeah, it really is. The root beer one's pretty good if you... Or no, the vanilla one? I think the, there was one that was fine if you mixed it with some kind of soda. Mm. I can see the vanilla one being lemonade. fine with, like, you know... Yeah, the vanilla was fine if you mixed it with soda. Yeah. I don't know... Uh, so, so, listeners, next time you're interested <laughs> in uh, picking up some, some Rubinoff... Just uh, some real bottom-tier plastic-quality vodka. vodka. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, make sure you get the pink lemonade or vanilla. Did we come to a conclusion that Popov was worse than Rubinoff? Oh yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Thanks. So. Well, I very don't know. much. So. Did we ever have plain Rubinov? Because oh. plain Popov is certainly worse than pink lemonade Rubinov. But I don't know that I ever had plain Rubinov, so I'm not sure I can compare. That's a good point. I think I had plain Rubinov at some point. But okay. I, mm. I could be mistaken. But I think we can agree, regardless um, of the of the specific ordering 
Uh, they're both garbage, for the love of God. Just buy Smirnoff, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's not great, but it'll do. It'll do. And it won't leave you certain, wishing that you were there. I think that's their slogan. Like, Smirnoff, we're not great, yeah. but we do we're the trick. Great, but then again, this is vodka. <laughs> what are you looking for? <laughs> like, the only, yeah. the only distinguishment between better vodka is that it tastes less like vodka. <laughs> Actually, is there, like, is there a real upper-tier vodka? Grey Goose? I feel like yeah, there, there like are upper-tier like, vodkas. Like, you can I've find $50 bottles, right? But yeah. I've never seen, like, because with whiskey, right, you can go insane. And, like, with wine, yeah. you can go nuts. Mm-hmm. Right. But I don't think a similar thing exists with vodka. Right? I don't think you uh, can get, There like, are vodkas that cost up to like you know in excess of fifty dollars a bottle yeah uh there aren't as far as i'm aware there aren't like several hundred dollar bottles of vodka uh, but there are definitely bottles that cost more than fifty dollars um but they're mostly a ripoff yeah um because they are only like 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 you can always find a equivalently good bottle of like a craft distilled vodka for like thirty dollars. Yeah. Um. So if you're b- paying more than that, you're just paying for the brand. Like um, the Smuggler's Not Distillery's vodka. Um. Yeah. Like any craft distillery is going to be selling vodka because it is like the one that requires the least to make. Like most craft distilleries want to make gins and rums and whiskeys and all that stuff. Uh. But while you're waiting for your whiskey to age, you can make some vodka. You can make it. <laughs> Way better than, like, any of the mass-produced stuff and still sell it for not that much. So, if you want vodka, just go for, like, a craft $30 bottle. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you for that practical suggestion. Although I do wonder, why why would vodka benefit from craft distilling? Because it, does, uh, it doesn't... It's like a... It, it, it's not that it's, like, specifically because it's from a craft distillery. It's just that the craft distilleries, like... I mean, they make a high-quality product, mm-hmm. uh, and they just don't charge a ridiculous amount for it. Yeah. Um, like, Grey Goose is really expensive because it's called Grey Goose right. and has a fancy bottle, mm-hmm. not because it's better than, like... Yeah, I forgot about Grey else. Goose. That is, that's fancy than Smirnoff. Or yeah. Ciroc just... is another one Ciroc. where it's it, expe- it it costs a lot, but it's still vodka. You're buying the brand. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like vodka is one of those things that would really benefit from economies of scale, where, like, all you need is a very precise... Like, you just need... The ability to heat liquids up to very precise temperatures, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, beyond that, you know, you don't need to impart all sorts of fancy, complicated flavors and whatnot. You don't need all sorts of, like, interesting and difficult aging processes. You just need to boil off the bad alcohol. Yep. Yep. But, I mean, like, I don't know, I guess you can switch things up a little bit. You can, like, I don't know. I think you can do a barrel-aged vodka, right? That exists. Really? <laughs> what does vodka get by aging? Uh, I, 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 you could barrel-age vodka, and it would get the same stuff that like any other thing we get. Yeah. Because um, like when it comes off the still, vodka's not all that different from like whiskey. Yeah. Um, it, it is different because vodka is generally distilled to a higher proof and then watered down, which is why it doesn't have any flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas whiskey, you know, it's coming, it comes off the still higher than you would generally drink it. Well, vodka um, gets watered down. So like, so if I'm, if I'm distilling vodka, I'll like basically make a small amount of like pure alcohol and then just like yeah, add water much. to it. Whereas with whiskey, uh, you make like whiskey. 
Yeah, it's a little more complicated than that, but yes. Okay. Uh, because, you know, when whiskey comes out off the still, it's, it's a clear liquid. Uh, and it's the a- barrel aging that makes it, that turns it brown and adds a lot of the flavor. Not all of the Oh, flavor, wait, are you saying, are you saying the brown in whiskey is just like barrel flex? <laughs> just like what? Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that? What? what? Yeah. Why would I know that? Why would I know that the brown of whiskey is literally wood? The brown of anything that's, that's... barrel aged, like... Yeah. The brown from rum is from, well, I mean, Unless molasses it's a too, rum. but like, what? yeah, yeah, like molasses. Like, like a, a spiced rum will be brown, or a barrel aged rum will be brown. Yeah, and like, uh, just like a, a white rum is, they, they all start as white rum. Yeah. <laughs> Why are people okay with drinking wood? Because it tastes good. <laughs> it, it does. Taste very good. It like... does. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue that it doesn't taste okay. Right, but. <laughs> I've, I've grown on whiskey a lot lately, listeners. Um, me saying it's okay is a big revelation, I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually know you were okay with whiskey. Yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's, I think I'm at the point now where I can see why people like it, but it's too expensive. Mm. It's like, uh, hmm. you know, I could, cause here's the thing, you drink a nice glass of whiskey and you're drinking, you're like, ah, oh, that's, that's a very, you know, it's a very powerful, very sort of unique flavor. And it's pretty enjoyable. And you're like, oh, that sip costs like five dollars. <laughs> Maybe I'll stop drinking. <laughs> uh, you you can definitely find some very good whiskeys for like thirty dollars. Yeah, that's depending true. on what you're getting. Uh, you can also spend a shit ton on whiskey. That is true. Uh, and that's the thing. I like... mostly drank whiskey in the context of some people who spent a lot of money on whiskey. Okay. Um, and so I always just felt guilty about drinking because, like, well, I enjoy this, but. Buy a lot of beer for the price of this whiskey. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think my main thing That's is, fair. like, when I get whiskey, I'm usually getting it. Like, I'm usually getting a bourbon or something that I can mix in. Um, so maybe you just want to, like, make a Manhattan or something. But if I want something to sip, I'll usually go for, like, kind of like a not-as-expensive scotch. Oh, uh, yeah. Scotches really get up there. Because, like, you go for even, like, a... like yeah like, mid to high, like, lower tier scotch, and you're getting, like, close to 100. Yeah, okay. that's, uh, that's another hot uh, tip for you, is uh, you can get some very good American single malt and Irish single malts that are um, much cheaper than scotch whiskeys. Mm. But American single malt's going to be very different than a scotch, because it's aged in new barrels. Yeah. Uh, but Irish was you can get an Irish single malt it's going to be very close to a scotch for a lot less than a scotch. Now I got a question for you, alcohol experts here. Yeah. The high cost of barrel aged um, alcohol mm-hmm. is that because because generally when I think of something which is you know barrel aged, and I imagine like the it'll be like for ten or twenty five years or something, right? Mm. It, it varies. Yeah, a lot it can of like a, it can be very yeah. long ones, but it's typically around that length. Right, or that's uh, that's a American standard. American whiskeys are usually a lot less because they use new barrels. Yeah. Mm. So, what what justifies the increase in cost? Because are are the barrels very expensive? Is it yes? Yeah. Okay. The barrels are very expensive, and you also lose whiskey during the barrel aging process to evaporation. Yeah. Mm. They also usually so you have less product than you start with. They also usually um you know produce in much smaller batches than. Yeah. Anything else? So it also it also takes up space. Like if you've mm-hmm. got 
a barrel aging for 25 years, then that's a barrel that is taking up space for 25 years. And I guess, but in America at least, right? So, like, this is probably different in Europe, but in America, space is pretty cheap, right? So long as you don't need to be located in particular areas, like, you look at Wyoming or something, right? Space is cheap. Mm. And so unless there's, like, technical sophistication, or, or, you know, I guess you're saying it's very expensive barrels, that might well justify Yeah, barrels are very expensive. It always struck me as odd that, like, you know, a, a bottle of, you know, real bargain basement cheap whiskey or whatever costs, like, you know, 15, 20 bucks. And a bottle of, like, fancy barrel-aged whiskey costs, like, $100 or whatever. Well, so it's or also more. not just the barrel aging. Mm. Uh, the, the aging is part of it, mm-hmm. and then another part is... Um, your your shitty whiskey is going to be um, distilled more generously, I suppose. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Like like a a, high, a really high quality alcohol, they're going to be throwing out a lot more during the distilling process because um, there's like a portion towards the oh god I can't remember either at the beginning. Well, there's the head and the really, tail, right? Like yeah, both, there's the head and the tail. Both of those yeah. are bad. Uh, so one of them only tastes bad. Oh, okay. The other one is actually dangerous, hmm. uh, if I recall correctly. I could be mistaken, but um, but so yeah, you don't want the heads or the tails. Um, but there's, I think there, there's like a certain limit where like you have to be getting rid of the head and the tails, and then there's an area where it's sort of up to the distiller's discretion, because uh, it's, it's not like there's like a a fine line where you're done with the head and then like a fine line when you hit the tails. Mm-hmm. Um, so a higher quality liquor is going to be throwing out more of the heads and tails. Is it true that it's, like, the heads or the... Well, whatever part's actually dangerous. Like, it is keeping in that part which leads to, like, nasty hangovers? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, so, like, really shitty uh, liquor is going to give you a worse hangover. Hmm. There you go. Uh, not that you can't get a bad hangover on right. like, higher quality alcohol. Because, you know, there's still... It is. You are still drinking alcohol. So and basic you are still dehydration. Dehydrated. Yeah, like the the oh, main oh. cause of um, hangover effects is dehydration, right? And I there's some part of it so. which is also like toxic poisoning. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so if you are drinking a shittier liquor, you are going to end up with a worse hangover. Hmm. This has just turned into into liquor facts. It really has. Well, yeah. This is. I don't know. This is all that exciting either. <laughs> uh, given that, I mean, I, I think our. <laughs> At least one of our listeners uh, may already know quite a bit about liquor. <laughs> <laughs> well, you learn new facts every day. Uh, listeners, you, should, you can write into us and tell us if you want more more of uh, Ian and Chris look at maps or more of uh, talking about liquor. <laughs> so, liquor facts, yeah. Liquor facts. Liquor facts. Liquor facts. Now, I, so I'm looking at this map again, Chris. We're transitioning <laughs> to the other portion of this. I noticed there's a, there's a location called Slob on no. uh, St. Croix. Can you talk about Slob? Can I talk about Slob? Where is Slob? It's Slob. It's, it's right um, to the south of um, Friedensburg, and it's right to the north of Prophet. It's, it's close to the Strawberry Hill Historic District. So I'm gonna go as right off the bat. I'm gonna say no because I have no idea what the <laughs> hell this is. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, um, so when you were doing your drinking, did you did you meet a lot of the the locals of the U.S. Virgin Islands or? Yeah, because I mean, like, mostly you have them. a lot of people there who, um, you know, stuck around to you know weather out the storm and help rebuild. Um, 
And I was like... That's one question. How bad is the damage there? Like, my... I guess I haven't really heard much about the... the like, you know, I had heard about the damage to Puerto Rico, right? But right. Not so much the U.S. Virgin Islands. Well, I mean, so the... They're very close, so I would assume that they had a, a similar storm experience, but... So, the U.S. Virgin Islands... So, from what I kind of gathered from my times down there, the U.S. Virgin Islands, they got hit hard. They got hit really hard. Um, you know, I think initially after the storm... I forget how much the islands was, how many of the or what percentage of the islands were without power. Um, it had to have been, I think, maybe around eighty-five to ninety percent were without power immediately oh, wow. after the hurricanes. Um, but from what I heard, the British Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico got hit much harder. Huh. Interesting. Um, Puerto Rico especially, but now some of the. These British Virgin Islands, at least, so I'm, I'm, I'm mostly focusing on um, Lacroix here. Uh, but, La- yeah. Well, it's what the what the what's named after? Right. But the Saint John is like a mile from the British Virgin Islands, right? Or one of the main British Virgin Islands, anyway. Right. Yeah. So why would... Although I, I actually Saint John is up does appear to mostly just be a national park. So. Yeah. There's not much. Although there is a location, uh, Pickles in Paradise. What, on St. John? Uh, yeah. Which is, oh, it's got 4.4 stars. No, I want, I want Pickles in Paradise. <laughs> yeah, so if any of our listeners are ever in St. John, drop by, uh, Pickles in Paradise. They're sponsoring the show today, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. So, I don't know. What's your what's your perception of the Virgin Islands, Chris? So I really like them. Um I think it was pretty amazing just to kind of see because I mean this was like my first time actually like going to um a site kind of in the wake of a natural disaster. And so it definitely like granted um St. Croix was Definitely the fastest to bounce back after the hurricane, um, both in terms of their natural wildlife actually coming back. I think mostly it was within like, within a month, um, a lot of their trees had kind of already sprouted back. So the greenery had already actually started to recover, but, um, they also didn't take as huge as an infrastructure hit as, uh, St. Thomas and do you, do you know why that is? Just they didn't get hit as hard by the storm? Yeah. Um, I don't really know if there was any one factor in particular. Um, okay. I think it was kind of how it worked out. All right. But, um, yeah, by the time I went down there in, at the end of October, uh, they had already recovered power to, I think, at least half the island. Um, and had pretty much already... They'd, uh, a lot of businesses had already recovered clean water. Um, okay. A couple of the smaller hotels that we stayed at had not, um, mostly because their cisterns, I guess, had been frequently, uh, uh, testing high for E. coli. And so they was like, hey guys, um, we're just gonna work with FEMA to get a whole bunch of 
you know, gallons of water sent up here. So please don't do anything with, you know, like you can, you can shower. Just like do your best to not get anything <laughs> up in this area. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, uh, the area Chris was just referencing was his face. He was gesturing. Uh-huh. Listeners. He's got a very dirty face. And I think it now makes sense to me. Why? Yeah, I um, <laughs> I'm still worried. I have just like E. coli everywhere, and as soon as I even touch my face, it's just gonna kill me. He's gonna die. He's because you, you you've been uh, back for quite some time now. Is, isn't that correct? Yeah, I um went to St. Thomas. Uh, I think at the beginning of January. So yeah, that was that was my so last time out there. That, that seems like a, a long time for E. coli to be. <laughs> Just live in on your hands. Well, here's what they don't tell you about bacteria, John. Bacteria often exist in a spore-like state, where they are basically invincible and immortal. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was about to say, John, I mean, you know what the E in E. coli stands for, right? Eternal. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Eternal coli. Wow. We, all, we all got it. <laughs> I'm very proud of us, guys. That's a good, good hive mind right there. Um, Chris, did you know that the CIA World Factbook lists the most the value of federal programs and grants as two hundred and forty one point four million dollars in twenty thirteen? Nineteen percent of the U.S. Virgin Islands total revenue. Hmm. And those, those are federal programs and grants in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Gotcha. So there you go. Yeah. They also do a lot of rum manufacturing. Yes, they do. Um, <laughs> they actually had a. Uh, what was it? I don't know if it's. The Captain Morgan Distillery, or one of them, uh, is by the St. Croix Airport. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's just full of rum. So did, you, did you drink a lot of Captain Morgan while you were there? No, because... Chris, is there a little captain in you? John, there's, there's a little captain in all of us. A little captain in well, all of us. Well, Chris, you better let him out. Oh! oh! Hey. Yeah, you got served, Chris. Oh, uh, I did. That's right. I did. Didn't want to say some it, of but... my hack comedy I've been working on. <laughs> well, hack is right, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was bad. That was bad. So, are you gonna go live there now, Chris? Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Um, okay, wow. I, I do have to. I do have to win the lottery first. Um, well, I mean, it's not necessarily. I mean. What? Uh, I'm saying that the the median income there is only twenty four thousand dollars, so it seems like it could be pretty affordable. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, of course, with you know being such a popular uh, vacation destination, I'm sure uh, property prices are definitely. I think that, I think more of the island is definitely a lot harder to live in with like like on my salary than uh, anywhere else. I think also um, your job probably wouldn't like it that you live there permanently. Although I don't know, are they still like are they still getting people to go out to the U.S. Virgin Islands, or is the are people mostly over the hurricane now? No, um, operations there have closed since I think beginning of April, end of March. Well, that's good because we are getting is... pretty close to the next hurricane season. So, be... <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, like you know, this was you know these are, this is unprecedented. You know, this was like several large several category five and four hurricanes right. striking like one after another um and that's really what definitely allowed the damage to kind of snowball um onto a lot of the islands and i think you know they'll probably still get you know a couple sizable hurricanes this season i'm sure but um 
I think as long as they aren't like the same like consistent strength and with the same frequency, um, hopefully they'll you know won't get hit as hard this year. Uh, no, Chris, you. Uh, I guess you haven't been back in a little while, so maybe you're not the right person to answer this. But is your impression that things wrapped up in April because the work was actually done, or because uh, whoever was in charge just thought, well, eh, good enough, we're done here? So, all right. So it the actual vessel recovery was finished or was finishing up around that point. So in terms of us like. The Coast Guard's job of actually, like, you know, making this uh, uh, distinguishment between, you know, vessels that owners are keeping and vessels that are being trashed slash, you know, being forked over to DPNR. Um, that part was done and all the lifting was done, I would probably okay. say, early mid-March. Um, they, there was another... There were a few other tasks tasks that we were doing with the EPA, uh, especially in St. Thomas, mostly having to do with um, gathering and accounting of uh, hazardous materials throughout um, the islands. Uh, there'd be a lot of... Like, uh, what's the most hazardous material you found on the islands, Chris? Um, me personally... Well, so yeah, so both you personally, and also just what's the most hazardous material anyone found on the U.S. Virgin Islands? Oh man, I don't even, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> what an exciting line of questioning. Well, John, are, uh, John, Chris, are you feel saying, free to disregard that you're question. You're saying it's not exciting to know what the, here Chris was, just teasing at you, know, hazardous materials. I'm asking, what's the most well, hazardous material? Like, How is like, the most hazardous? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. A lot of them, it's mostly it's like, Household hazardous materials, so like yeah. batteries. Well, yeah, but that's paint, why I asked about the most um, hazardous you know, one, right? Like kitchen and bathroom cleaners. If there's cleaners. a paint, if there's a kitchen and bathroom cleaner that if I touch it, I'll explode, and everyone <laughs> that is within a ten mile radius of me will also explode. That's exciting. I mean, it's exciting when yeah, things are very hazardous. But that's, that's yeah. clearly not the case. Like this was all this was all material that we could just like go into, like. Maybe at most with like some nitrile gloves, but like we didn't need like full Tyvek suits. We didn't need, you know, uh, level A, uh, PPE, which is just like the full like space suit with supplied air. You know, we didn't need to like, no one ever needed to, or as far as I knew, no one needed to don to that level, um, to deal with any of the hazmat here. So it definitely isn't, <laughs> we weren't talking like, well- then why did they bring you out? Wait, What's hazmat the... is a it, it stands for hazardous material. Yep, that's it does. I never, yeah. I never, <laughs> I never recognized that before. Never agreed to it. <laughs> well, it's okay. Ian, you've said a lot of stupid things on this episode, so I'm okay with having <laughs> one realization. John, what I'm doing is I'm setting the I'm setting the tone of this podcast as a space where people can ask any question or make any observation that just <laughs> comes to them that's what, that's what i want to encourage and so i think it's very brave of you to say that you didn't know that hazmat stood for hazardous materials but what no. else, the question stands chris if there is not in fact any highly hazardous and dangerous materials which are being dispersed on this island why do they need to bring in outside specialists well i mean it's not that there aren't you know 
very has materials being dispersed. It's well, like, that's what you guys were telling me. You, I, I was asking what's the most hazardous material, and you're saying the most hazardous material is probably paint. You're telling <laughs> no. me, you're telling me the people in the U.S. Virgin Islands, they look at a can of paint that's been knocked over and yeah. they say, "Oh, I don't know what to do. No, we got a, man. we got a fly in FEMA." Yeah, I don't no, think that's it's true. Not. I think you guys are being intentionally offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. Well, what, why did they need to call in extra people then? Because you had so many like houses that were destroyed, and so you have um, a lot of materials and chemicals that had potential to, um, of course, like you know, make their way into uh, sewer lines and public water sources, and you know, the ocean and you know, like Saint Croix and like, Saint Thomas are both like surrounded, like I guess. Not sure if St. Thomas has a very active uh, coral reef, but St. Croix has a pretty active coral reef. And if you get like paint and bleach into there, like, like throughout you make their way out there, like sunscreen well, in and of itself. You better get some paint in, right? What? So get all, if you if bleach comes in there, then it'll like fade all the coral out, and then you probably want to paint it up again. So. Yep, that's um, that's. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely and actually, EPA If you get a bunch of paint there and you paint them the wrong colors, you'll probably want to bleach them out. <laughs> That's a good combo. And you really want to, you really want to make sure you get the the solid uh, lead based paints. Does make sure it really sticks yeah. on there? You know. Well, other other pigments, you know, other pigments can be fine, but lead based paints do have the most vibrant colors and the best staying power, which is important when you want to build a vibrant coral reef. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I'm going to go into work on Monday and just be fired. <laughs> right on the spot. Like, please do not enter this building. <laughs> There'll be an email from EPA being like, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> Actually, probably not, because fucking... <laughs> like, three people are going to listen to this, Chris. I don't think you need to worry. Yeah, you don't have to um, worry about that. But I, I do want to, you know, just, I want to I I ask you. So what is... what? What you were doing that required sort of expertise, because that's your expertise, it's less in geology and more in, like, handling hazardous materials and sort of environmental protection and stuff like that. Right. The main things that you were doing that, that required that level of expertise was was just, like, dealing with these, you know, the large amounts of material that might have sort of gone into inappropriate places. Um, so... Here's the weird thing. So, my job out there, it really didn't require any of the knowledge that I got, that I've, I've attained through my current job. Um, when it came time to actually start, like, lifting vessels and removing, ha- you know, household uh, hazardous materials from off whatever vessels, like, then it was just like, trying to distinguish, okay, yeah, like, this is stuff that should be considered hazardous and this stuff that doesn't matter. Um, but for the most part, like, I was just... I, I was just an, an underling who just got sent out there with a tablet and was like, take notes. Um, <laughs> like, at no point did I have to, like, do any groundwater sampling, uh, like, you know, uh, dig through lab reports to determine, like, you know, what sites had, you know, uh, contaminant concentrations above certain reporting limits. You know, it, it was just 
go out there, write down what the coasties want you to. Um, the guy you're replacing will tell you the specifics of what you need to know. And we'll just get back to you if what you're doing isn't good enough. So it was like, it was very, I don't know, like, it's stuff that I didn't, like, feel, like, I, they, they didn't need me necessarily to go out there to do it. You know, like. Did they bring you out there because there was a chance that, like, something would go wrong and they would need someone with that expertise? Or was it just, like, a matter of convenience? Like, they've got, you know, they, they've worked with your company before or something and they just need some boots on the ground. Yeah, so, um, uh, Western Solutions has, has a pretty good history with my company. Um, and the guy who kind of served as the in between between the two companies, was um used to work for Weston for a long time and has not been working with us for a long time. And so um when Weston got this EPA contract, they were like, hey, we need a lot more people. Um Greg works with Sovereign and I know they'll have a bunch more people that could potentially help fill in some spaces. So they were just like, hey, we need some more people. For the most part it's gonna be very like mundane, like basically like lower level, like, grunt EPA work. Um, but, like, it's stuff that's, it's stuff that's needed. Um, they did also have a call for uh, a lot of environmental help out in California for the wildfires. That one actually required a lot more environmental know-how, so a lot of... Uh, my office manager went over a few times. Um, a couple PMs from our Holyoke office went over a few times. And so... Um, that one actually required a lot of, like, you know, on the, like, you know, familiarity, mostly with, like, site walks. Be like, okay, yep, hazardous, hazardous, hazardous. Like, we had to make sure not to do this with this and do all this. Um, that one required a lot more, uh, you know, environmental knowledge and experience than any of us had. So we were just kind of, like, sent to do the grunt work and just be okay. there. <laughs> Now, what's what does the future hold, Chris, for Christopher Terra? Um, eventually, I I keep telling myself that I will start looking into grad programs. Um, okay. And we're halfway through May. We will see if this if this this year is probably not going to be it. This year is not going to be it because I still have to like get like. <laughs> I mean, first off, I mean, a lot of, I've already missed, like, a lot of the, the deadlines are back in, like, February, March, um, for a lot of shit. So. Well, certainly not this year, but, like, you know, the, the application season ends typically around, like, you know, January or so. Right. So. so I could, like, at least, like, I mean, I guess I could start just, like, looking at programs and getting those squared away and then getting my, uh, letters of recommendation squared away and saving up money for all the applications, because goddamn, those are expensive. They are, they are. Which is so fucking ridiculous, I hate it. Um, but I mean, that's definitely like the next step. Um, until that point, I'll continue working with Sovereign, um, for a while and then head off to grad school, preferably get a PhD in environmental geophysics and, um, at some point become a professor. Wow. What a plan. What a ridiculous plan. I know. It is. 
Yeah, grad school's for losers. I think people who get PhDs are drains on society. <laughs> I know it's a controversial opinion. Um, especially where I'm located. But <laughs> In grad school, you mean? In this PhD program. I think we're, yeah. I think we're drains Probably on Probably aren't a lot government. of people in that program who think that you're... Or think, fuck, I, I'm so tired, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so tired. John, no, I didn't sleep a lot, a lot last night. Why didn't you sleep last night, John? Turn on the mic over. I was working. You were working last night, John. Oh my goodness. Well, I wasn't really. I was mostly just watch. I was watching Arrested Development and just like staring at my work computer to see if anyone contacted me. Uh, the big question, Chris, the big question for you. Are you excited for the fifth season of Arrested Development? Hell, Hell yes. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's been like ten years, but... They finally yeah, done I didn't even realize how long it had been since season four came out, but <sighs> I mean, we were freshmen, season right? Season four was like what? We were freshmen, weren't we? I don't, I don't know, but but season four was one of the original Netflix original series. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the first. Was, yeah, like that's crazy. They started so off strong. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I don't know. Rewatching the season four recut, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think season four is as bad as people yeah. say it was. But it certainly did not live up to the other three seasons. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Fuck. Chris, do you have any anything to plug? Any calls to action? Um, uh, no. I mean, I got my wow, Chris. I got my Twitter, You're but like even... that was already a plugged in the last one, and B, I don't do anything. It's on already it. blown up. Um, it's already millions of subscribers. I don't have any products. Oh no, fucking. Give a shit about the environment, people. Like, <laughs> I agree. Fucking... Yeah, here's an important thing that I think a lot of people don't appreciate. If you've got a bunch of trash or hazardous materials or something, don't put it in a landfill. Put it in the ocean. Oh. The ocean uh... is so great. That's <laughs> any trash. Check out our other podcast, ASMR Quest. And it'll uh, be Chris, fine. <laughs> could you please say goodbye to the listeners for us? This has been... Who are you? I'm Chris Tara. I'm John Tyler. And I'm your host, Ian Fox. <laughs> Thank you, and have a wonderful night. What? No, no, that's not how this goes, Ian. You have destroyed this entire new ending. <laughs> Fucking listeners, keep rocking. I'm going to go back to that one, because I didn't think of a better one in preparation for this. <laughs>